You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church, where we take what we talked about on Sunday a step further. My name is Matt Nickerson, and I'm glad to be here with you today. So this past Sunday, we had a great conversation on Matthew 10, Matthew 11, and talking about fear. Specifically, these messages really deal deal with the fear of man, the fear of man. I had a friend who uh, worked at a car dealership, and he came to me one day struggling because he said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm asked on a regular basis to be not fully honest with people. You know, I, I put some things in a computer. The computer spits out all these things that, that says their car needs, even though the car doesn't technically need it. And then I have to give it to him and tell him to do it. What do I do? How do I honor my bosses and what the job requires, also have to feed my family while also telling the truth? And here is the reality. Sometimes the rubber hits the road and it's really really hard. My friend ended up deciding that he could not stay in that job and have integrity and be a man of faith for very long. So he did try to have a conversation with the boss on all these things that I encouraged him to do. And I'm so proud of for the way he handled it and tried to walk in faithfulness. But here's the reality. The reality is when fear of man is big, then fear of God will be small and life will be bad for you. It may not be right away, But here's what Paul tells us in Galatians. He says, a man reaps what he sows. If you aren't familiar with farming language, what that means is whatever you put into the ground is what comes out of the ground. You don't plant apple seeds and get a cherry tree. You don't plant, you know, oranges, whatever, orange trees and and grow a watermelon tree. And yes, I realize watermelons don't grow on trees. But the point, though, is you will reap what you sow. So if you sow dishonesty, if you sow faithfulness to man out of fear, you will get back something that is not good for you or for your family or for your children. It won't go well with you in the long run. But What if I'm faithful to God and I lose my job? What if I'm faithful to God and I lose my spouse? What if I'm faithful to God and let's fill in some blanks here. So what Jesus is trying to do in Matthew 10 and 11 is he's trying to anchor all of us, specifically the disciples. I want to be careful to apply that text to them, but then extrapolate that to how it applies to us. And what Jesus wants to do is he wants to help us to see that fear of God is more important than fear of man. When we're afraid of God, we find that God shows up and he cares for us. If he cares for sparrows, we read on Sunday, he'll care for you. Sparrows are numerous and large quantities, and yet he cares and knows about every single one of them. It says he knows the hairs on your head, which is increasingly getting easier for God to know about me. But the point of that is not that God can count hairs. The point of it is intimacy. He knows you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to provide for you. So what does that mean? That means be obedient. That means do what he's asked you to do, even if you don't understand where it's coming from or where it's going. Now, let me read you some more of Matthew chapter 10, and I'm just going to warn you right now. So if you're running down the road and you're driving or whatever, this is intense stuff. This is intense stuff. So let's read it. We'll explain it and then talk about what it means, right? Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. What Jesus is getting to, again, this whole context of Matthew 10, and it bleeds in Matthew 11 with John the Baptist, we talked about that Sunday, 
is he's calling the disciples and he's preparing them to send them out. And he's warning them, you're going to face intense persecution for being faithful to me. It's going to be hard. He'll be arrested, put on trial. And as I, I, this is a long list. I mean, every single one of the disciples except for one are run through with a sword or killed with a spear or beheaded or whatever it is, crucified upside down. That's Peter's story or just crucified, you know, literally whipped to death or whatever it is, beaten to death. I mean, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. There's kind of stuff that happened to them. And he's preparing them. But he's warning them also. He loves them enough to give them a strong warning. Listen, backing down, turning back is not an option. Fear me more than them because all they could do is hurt your body. But listen, eternity is a whole lot longer than your few years here on this earth. And if you acknowledge me, if you are faithful to me before others, I will be faithful to you before my Father in heaven. Verse 34, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, when Jesus is born, the angel saying, peace on earth, goodwill towards men and whom God is pleased. You're like, wait a minute, Jesus, I thought you came to bring peace. I've read you passages out of Romans before where Paul talks about uh, living for God produces peace in our lives. So what does Jesus mean when he says that he didn't come to bring peace? Here's what he means. And this is maybe hard, but you need to hear this today. Jesus came to bring us a decision. That's critical to understand. He came to bring us himself and in him is life and in him is God the Father. But we must make a decision to go all in for God. We must make a decision to choose to live for him, to follow after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So he says, I didn't come to bring peace. Don't misunderstand. Don't thinking falling after me is going to lead to this great, easy, comfortable life. I just recently... And I want to be careful because I don't have the quote in front of me. So I want to be careful not to tell you the person so I don't misquote them because I always want to be fair to somebody who claims to love Jesus. But there's a very famous Christian pastor and I recently read an article about him and he said, I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, which I don't believe in. I don't believe that. I do believe though that God wants to bless us, that God wants to give us more so that we could be a blessing to other people. And I don't know that I disagree with that, but he went on to say, there's no way we could have bought this big expensive building and all these big expensive nice things if God hadn't blessed us with wealthy people who had lots of resources and, and, and everything he said continued to say he's about a prosperity gospel. Why is that important? Because it's twisting the message. Jesus didn't say, if you follow after me, you're going to get rich so that you could be a blessing to other people. Jesus did say, if you follow after me, whatever you have, whatever I've given you, give it to others, whether it's forgiveness or whether it's mercy or whether it's grace or whether it's finances, or whether it's resources, whatever God has given to you, give it away to others to abundance the way that God has abundantly given it to you. That doesn't mean you will get healthy or rich or wise from following after him. Jesus is very clear with his followers here. I came not to bring peace, but peace, but a sword. Meaning following after me might mean your, your own spouse doesn't want to be with you anymore. It might mean your own parents disown you. It might mean your children no longer think you're, you know, a cool parent anymore. It might mean your boss despises you. Do it anyway. To acknowledge him before others means he will acknowledge you before his Father in heaven. All right, I'll close with this section here. Jump down to verse 37 of Matthew 10. If you happen to be reading along, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's what he's building on right here. And then he says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Well, that's a confusing statement, Jesus. It's really not. It's pretty easy. Whoever does not take up their cross or follow me is not worthy of me. In other words, if you choose this life over Jesus, 
you'd be sacrificing your soul, your eternity, for a few brief moments of pleasure here on earth. For what benefit? And he builds on that to say, if you really want to find your life here, then you'll actually lose the thing you really want. But if you're willing to lose your life here, you'll find the thing you really, really want, which is eternity with God. Today, I don't know how this hits you, but I encourage you, I challenge you, if there is anything between you and God that you are loving and giving your heart to more than him, I encourage you today, be willing to lose it, that you could find life that really is life. God bless you. See you next week. Mm -hmm.